This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 19, My Homework Ate Me, A Cautionary Tale of Procrastination. For Ben Stewart, the town of dirt was the most dreadfully boring place on planet Earth. The sky was rarely anything but gloomy. The land was flat with no interesting distinguishable features. And the only thing any kid did when they got home from school was play with dirt because that was all the town had to offer, a pinkish-orange clay that could be molded and shaped into anything. The kids of dirt, Ben included, 
had become quite creative with their dirt creations. In the front yard of Jasmine Lollins, there was a snowman made entirely of clay. Aston Piper had built a fort out of clay blocks in his backyard. And Ben... Ben had done something really special. Every day after school, he lugged buckets of water out to the dirt field next to his house, mixed the water with the dirt, formed clay blocks, and built walls out of them. Initially, there were only two walls. But then, when Ben had gotten bored of them, he added a couple more walls, and a couple more, and a couple more, until a maze at least eight feet tall weaved through the vacant field. It was almost complete. A few more turns and his clay creation would fool even the smartest kids in his class. He couldn't wait to get home to work on it. But for now, he was stuck in class, fiddling with his pencil and gazing out the window at the vast dirt nothing of a town. His teacher, Mr. Ugely, was standing on a little step stool in front of the class and explaining their latest project. Months ago, on the first day of school, Ben was floored by just how short his new teacher was. He'd never had a teacher who had to stand on a stool in order to see the back row of students before. He was so small, in fact, that every time multiple people raised their hands to answer a question, the poor guy suddenly became disoriented, like he was lost in a giant redwood forest. And with his plaid shirt and receding hairline, he looked like a member of the lollipop gang from The Wizard of Oz. Each of you, Mr. Ugely continued in his high voice, will be turning in a book report at the end of the month. First, you'll need to pick a book to write about. He handed a stack of papers to Linda in the front row. I'm passing around a list of popular choices, along with some ideas of things you can include in your report. Who were the main characters? What were the main events of the story? What you liked about it? What we hated about it? Ben added silently to himself. He couldn't stand projects like this, especially when it had to be done at home. This was apparently the biggest project of the year, and most of his grade was writing on it. But Ben wasn't about to worry himself with some lame-o book report. The project could wait. His maze, on the other hand, couldn't. He dreamt about adding booby traps and wild dogs into the mix. Maybe he'd test it out on his little sister. Mr. Usually stood on his tippy-toes so that he could barely see Ben over Michael's big wavy hair. You can use pictures, but it can't be just pictures, he said with a raised eyebrow. The report itself should be five pages, double-spaced, and no tinkering with the margins. Again, he gave Ben the eye. And my suggestion would be to start on it as soon as possible. Like today. They may not be due for another four weeks, but we all know what happens when you leave work to be done at the last minute. It comes back to bite ya. When the list of books reached Ben, he put his name next to the title... Escape from Pirate Island, and went right back to daydreaming. After class, he hurried to the library with the rest of the students, checked out his book, and rushed home. Ben held the book out in front of him on the bus. He was brown, tattered, and looked like it had been dropped in the bathtub one too many times, its pages warped and crusty. And what was that? <laughs> ben sniffed the cover. Dirty socks? Gross! 
No wonder it was the last book available on the list. With a groan, Ben crammed the pirate book back into his backpack and hopped off the bus. He didn't think much about the assignment for the rest of that week. He was too busy running off to the dirt field to work on his amazing clay maze. Maybe I can sell tickets when I'm done, Ben thought as he stacked another block onto the wall. Maybe I can get the class to come to it for a field trip during Halloween next year and turn it into a haunted maze. I can make it spooky looking with cobwebs and play creepy music in the background and, and, and throw in some black lights. The ideas were endless. On a particularly hot and dusty afternoon, Ben came home after completing a clay bridge that went over a ditch. His face and hair were caked in the orange dirt, and the stuff fell from him in clouds as he plopped down at the kitchen table. Wash up, Benjamin. Dinner's almost ready, Ben's dad said from the kitchen. His dad was wearing an apron and cooking some veggies over a pan. How's your book report coming? Ben's mom asked, coming in to set the table with Ben's little sister. Ben dug a dirt clot out of his ear. Uh, he droned. He hasn't even started it, his nosy little sister answered. No, Ben shot back defensively. I just haven't put pen to paper yet. I'm letting the ideas simmer for a bit. Have you read the book? His dad asked. No, but that'll take me like two seconds. <laughs> Good luck with that, his sister snorted. Ben glared at her. Don't wait too long, Ben, his dad warned. Procrastinating will only make it harder. And your report won't be as good, his mom added. What does procrastinate mean? Ben's sister asked. Ben's dad shook the steaming veggies off the pan onto a plate. Procrastinating is when you put off doing something, he explained. You wait until the last minute and scramble at the end to get it done. It makes things very stressful. Ben's mom smirked. Your dad did that when we were dating, she told Ben. Almost lost her to a biker named Nails, Ben's dad said. It was a close call. Oh, stop it, Ben's mom shook her head. I'm not procrastinating, Ben piped in. I'll get it done when I get it done. That evening, after dinner, Ben ran up to his room to continue mapping out the final stretch of his maze. But when he got to his desk, he noticed his notebook for the maze plans had been pushed onto the floor, and in its place on the desktop was that nasty old pirate book. Psh, Dad, Ben thought. Nice try. He tossed the book into his closet and scooped his notebook off the floor. He cracked it open and let his brilliant ideas flow. The next day after school, Ben took that notebook of pure genius and hurried off to the dirt field to continue his masterful work on the maze. And so he did every afternoon for the next couple of weeks. When his parents asked how the book report was coming along, he'd just say he was working on it. When his teacher reminded them endlessly of the approaching due date, he zoned out. He would have successfully put it out of his mind altogether, but that filthy book kept finding its way in front of him. Somehow, it always ended up in his backpack when he got to school or on his desk when he'd run up to his room. Sometimes it was sitting on his pillow, which was gross. He didn't want its nasty old cover germs getting all over his face at night. Whether he liked it or not, 
the thing was everywhere. One night, a week before the book report due date, Ben was playing his favorite video game, Batawata Ding Dong 7, downstairs in the living room, when he suddenly heard a gruff voice say, You gonna read me or not, matey? Ben paused the game and looked around the room. Dad? That's a pretty good pirate voice. I'm not your daddy, mate. If I were, I'd give you a good whipping myself. Starting to get a little creeped out, Ben looked around again, but still saw no one. Where are you? he asked the voice. On the stairs, you maggot! Ben looked to the stairs, and as he did, his remote dropped out of his hands. Standing there upright on the railing was his dirty brown pirate book. An eye patch stretched across the cover, and its flaky pages flapped as it spoke. You can't just ignore me forever, mate, it said. That's against the pirate code it is. And it's rude, and honestly hurts me feelings. Between us, it's been a while since I've been checked out of that library, see. I haven't stretched me sea boots in quite some time. You... you talk? Ben stuttered, not believing what he was seeing. He glanced around in a panic. They're not here, mate, the book said. Your family went for a walk they did, which is exactly what you'll be doing if you don't read me and get on with your report. Except instead of purty little sidewalks, you'll be walking the plank. Ben sprang to his feet. I can't believe this, he said to himself. Maybe I have a fever. Maybe a block from the maze fell on my head and I'm dreaming. That's about all you've been doing lately, the book went on. Dreaming about that maze of yours and running away from your duties. It's not my duty, Ben shot back. It's just a lame book report about a lame book. The cover's eye patch scowled, and then the book heaved itself off the stairwell, bounced off the couch with a grunt, and waddled towards him on its corners. What did ye call me, maggot? You're a lame book, and I don't want to read you, Ben shouted. Why, I never! Before the tiny square pirate could say another word, Ben ran over and grabbed it off the floor. Hey, get ye hands off me, the book cried from under Ben's arm. Unless ye gonna read me, of course, then have at it. Just be careful with me pages. Chapter two, specially touchy. Don't mind the tape. Be quiet, Ben yelled. He stormed upstairs, opened his closet, threw the chatty pirate book into it, and slammed the door. Not willing to take any chances, he blocked the closet door with his desk chair. There, he said. Write your own report. The pirate book growled and banged around in the closet while Ben coolly went back downstairs to continue his game. Ben wished that was the end of it. But it was only the beginning. Inexplicably, the book always seemed to find a way out of the closet and set out to nag Ben about reading it every day. It followed him to school, waddling behind him, issuing pirate-like threats. It followed him to the maze every afternoon, nagging him as he worked. It even followed him once into the bathroom. Hey! Can I get some privacy here? Aye, sorry, mate. And the book closed the door. The book's threats only grew louder and more persistent as the report's deadline loomed near. With just a couple days to go, the book had become downright ornery. 
On Wednesday, when Ben climbed into the car before school, the pirate book slammed onto the windshield out of nowhere. Read me, it roared. Read me or... Ben flipped on the windshield wipers and sent the book flying. Good thing his mom hadn't gotten in yet. She would have had a heart attack. Finally, Ben had had enough. After school on Thursday, he took his backpack with the book in it and headed out as if going to the dirt field to work on his maze. But, to the book's surprise, he didn't stop at the maze. He kept on walking. He passed his massive clay creation and the dirt mounds beyond it and continued until he came to a stop at the banks of the muddy river. Rapids splashed against bulging rocks as the brown water gushed through the orange ravine. Green trees clung to the steep banks as if holding on for dear life. The book swallowed. Finding a scenic spot to read me? It asked nervously. Ben took it out of the bag. Not quite, Ben smirked. Just looking for a good spot for a swim. Er, well, mate, this here don't look like the safest place to go for a dip. Why, on your first jump, you'd go right down to Davy Jones. Before he could finish, the book found itself flung out over the water. Splash! It crashed into the river. This isn't the end, mate! This isn't the end! The book gargled in the rapids. Ben brushed the dirt off his hands and watched, quite pleased with himself as the annoying book floated downstream. He'd secretly been practicing for this moment, tossing a frisbee around after school to make sure he'd be able to throw the book far enough over the rocks to hit water. It was a huge success. With a big satisfied grin, he headed back to the dirt field to finish his work. For the rest of the day, Ben had an extra pep in his step, like a weight had been lifted off his shoulders. And it wasn't just because he'd rid himself of that pestering pirate, it was also because he was only a few blocks away from finishing his maze. Carefully, Ben lowered the final brick into place and the last wall was complete. That night, Ben fell asleep to wonderful thoughts of testing out his masterpiece with friends from school. Dreams of confused kids bonking into each other at every turn blissfully played out through the night. The next morning, when Ben arrived at school, he noticed that everyone in class was carrying a book and a binder full of pages. He quickly realized he was the only kid in the class that didn't have his hands full. Uh-oh. As they sat down, Mr. Ugely stepped onto his stool. Good morning, he chirped. Now, I can tell by the look on some of your faces that you are all nervous about today's presentation. But let me assure you that as long as you read the book and wrote something even remotely intelligent about it, you'll do just fine. Having said that, while you're up here telling us about your book, I want you to make consistent eye contact, have perfect posture, I'll be checking it with my ruler, and no ums between sentences. Okay? Don't sweat it. You'll do great. He stepped down from his stool and Ben was already sweating. A lot. His forehead was wet enough to spray the kid next to him if he just shook it a bit. His heart pounded in his chest. His throat went dry, and the sudden urge to cry out for his mommy was overwhelming. It was here. Today was the book report. Let's start with... Mr. Usually droned on as he glanced over his roster. Miss Weiser, why don't you start us off? 
Cindy Weiser confidently strode up to the front of the class and unfolded an immaculate poster board made out of a refrigerator box. Stunning visuals and diagrams mapped out her books every character and scene. War and Peace by the Russian author Leo Tolstoy is an enthralling... Ben quietly slunked out of his seat and snuck over to the door. Excuse me, Mr. Stewart, Mr. Ugely called. Where do you think you're going? It's rude to interrupt a presentation. Oh, uh, sorry, I just really, really have to go to the bathroom. Well, be quick about it. You should have taken care of it before class. Next time you're using the trash can. Ben agreed and slipped out the door. As he marched down the hallway, his mind raced. What was he going to do? His whole grade was riding on this presentation. There was no way he could fake it. And it was too late to run to the library and read the book. The book wasn't there anyway. He was sure he checked out the only copy. Nobody in their right mind would make more than one copy of that miserable book. It was probably halfway across the country by... now. Ben's thoughts trailed off as he came around the corner and stopped. Standing there on its corners, sopping wet, was his book, Escape from Pirate Island. I told you it wasn't the end, matey, the book said coldly. Ben went pale. The book teetered on its corners towards him. How does it feel waiting till the last minute to get the job done, eh? The book growled. Don't feel too good, do it? And now you be drowning in panic. And to think all you had to do was go on a swashbuckling adventure with me, and all this could have been avoided. Too bad. I think we really would have gotten along, mate. But it's too late for that. Now you have to pay the price. Ben turned and ran for it. His book hobbled after him. The mangy book chased him through the school, its soggy pages leaving a wet trail behind it. Ben couldn't believe this was happening. An old pirate book was running him down like a wild dog. Ouch! Ben cried as the book took a big bite out of the seat of his pants. He ran harder, out of the school and down the street. Mr. Usually was right. His homework did come back to bite him. Horrified, Ben realized he wasn't going to lose the thing just running in a straight line. He would have to outsmart him. He turned onto the dirt field and ran for his clay block maze. When he reached it, he quickly zigzagged down the narrow orange corridors, having memorized the path to the end. Behind him, he could hear his booby traps being triggered. Arr! The book wailed behind him, getting snagged in the hidden pit. A couple more turns and he heard it again. Grrr! He must have stepped through the tripwire that dropped the bucket of bricks. What in the seven seas, kid? The book howled. Ye have too much time on your hands. Ben was smiling now as he came to the final stretch. He saw the opening at the end of the last passageway. A few more strides and he'd be out and ditch that book for good. Just as he reached the end, he heard a squish squash squish squash above him. He looked up. It was the sound of the wet book running on top of the walls. Somehow it had climbed the wall and was right above him. The book jumped for him. Chump, chump, crunch, crunch, boom. Everything went dark. Ben couldn't see a thing. The last image that flashed through his mind was the book's gaping mouth full of pages falling onto him. Hold on a sec, he thought. Did my homework just eat me? 
The sound of an echoing belch answered his question. Hey, get me out of here, Ben shouted. There was no answer. Hello, can you hear me? I said get me out of here. A sharp light pierced through the darkness in front of him, and golden waves rippled across the horizon. Ben's legs suddenly felt unsteady as he found himself wobbling from side to side. He looked down and saw his feet standing on an old wet deck. Scratch marks and fish heads covered its surface. Beyond it were ocean swells glimmering in the sunset. Squawking seagulls circled the creaking masts above, and dirty white sails flapped in the breeze. This could have been yours, mate, came a voice behind him. Ben turned and saw a tall, swarthy pirate wearing an eye patch and standing at the wheel of the ship. His ring-covered fingers steered the boat as he gazed out over the bow. A battered brown coat whipped behind him in the wind, and Ben could see he was scowling under his black captain's hat. Ye could have been me first mate had ye just read me, the pirate said, clearly offended. Ben immediately recognized the voice of the man. It was his crazy old book. Look at what ye missed, the pirate continued. With a yellow-toothed grin, he nodded to an approaching island. Ben followed his gaze and saw a small island in the distance. Palm trees lined the white sandy beaches, and a craggy mountain shaped like a skull towered over it. Its eyes, like deep, mysterious caves, flickered with campfire. Smoke seeped from its empty nose. Pirate ships dotted the beach, and Ben could hear the distant sounds of cannon fire and the shouts of angry men. The pirate captain sighed. Monkeys that play music. Caves swimming with mermaids. Fairies hiding in coconuts. Trees full of the most heavenly fruit ye ever tasted. Pirate Island is every adventurer's dream, lad. Its belly is full of rubies. And it could have been yours for the taking. But no. He had to go off and procrastinate, he did. Had ye started your work at the beginning, ye would have went on an unforgettable journey and gotten a good grade in that class of yours. Ben looked out at the adventure that could have been. He felt like a fool. The pirate was right. He'd missed out. Pirate Island looked incredible, even cooler than his mace. What do I have to do? He asked the pirate. Ye have to walk the plank the scallywag said coldly. He drew his sword and pointed it at Ben. Off ye go, lad. No place for procrastinators on me ship. Ben saw that he was now standing on a flimsy board, bending out over the crashing waves. Wait, he cried. I I'll do anything, I promise. The pirate jumped down onto the deck and walked towards him. Say ye won't procrastinate. I won't procrastinate. Louder! The pirate growled. I won't procrastinate! The waves were growing bigger. The plank grew slippery. Louder, boy! The pirate jumped and the plank bounced, launching Ben overboard. I won't procrastinate! He cried as he fell. Splash! Mr. Stewart! Called a familiar voice. Ben opened his eyes and caught his breath. He was sitting at his desk in Mr. Ugely's class. His classmates were looking at him and snickering. He'd obviously just shouted out loud like a crazy person. 
uh, was all he could get out. The bell rang, and everyone grabbed their backpacks. Mr. Stewart, Mr. Usually called. A word. Ben shamefully walked up to his teacher's desk as the last of the students piled out. I warned you what would happen if you procrastinated, his teacher said. He pushed a paper across his desk. On it was a big fat F, written in red ink and circled for emphasis. I told you if you put it off, it'd come back to bite you. Ben's eyes started to water, and he could feel himself getting hot and embarrassed. I know, he admitted. I blew it. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do to make up for it? <sighs> Mr. Ugely sighed and shook his head. You know, I don't normally give extra credit opportunities. But something tells me you've learned your lesson. I mean, you're soaked. What is that, sweat? Ben touched his clothes and hair, and indeed they were sopping wet. Stunned, he reached back and touched the seat of his pants. There was a big hole in it. It was real. Ben stared at his teacher wide-eyed. I have, Mr. Ugely. I promise I'll never procrastinate again. See, that's just as believable when you say it like that. You don't have to scream it, my word. Nearly made me fall off my stool back there. He reached into his desk. I'll give you one week to read this book and write me a report. Same guidelines and watch the margins. I'm going easy on you. This book's a small one, but it's filled with adventure. Here. He handed the dark green book to Ben. Ben took it. Thank you so much, Mr. Ugly. I won't let you down. It's going to be the best report you've ever read. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to write an extra page and, and put some stickers on it. Please don't. Ben could have done a back handspring out of the class he was so excited. But he didn't, because that would have torn his pants even more. Instead, he side-shuffled out the door to keep the bite mark on his backside hidden. As he happily strode down the hall, Ben glanced down at the book he was about to devour. His smile slowly faded. The title read, Ferocious Beasts of the Jungle. Hey, Rocketeers! I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Life. I know it's been a while since I've come out with one of these episodes, and I love doing them, so I hope you liked it. I want to give a quick shout-out to a couple of our super loyal Rocketeers, Meyer and Miles. You guys are awesome! Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting the podcast. It's kids like you that make these stories possible and make it fun. So thank you. Let's take a second to review what we learned about procrastinating. Like the story teaches, procrastinating is when you put off doing something until the last minute. When you do that, you make the work so much more stressful because you're giving yourself less time to do it and are putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. And on top of that, the quality of your work is probably going to suffer. Like putting off doing a class project. Whether it's a book report or a homework assignment or studying for a test, when you wait to the last minute, it's so much harder to do and you're not going to perform as well. 
here's something that I've tried to do. I'm not perfect at this, but it is something I've worked on over time. When I get an assignment, whether it be a speech or a class project, a presentation, whatever it may be, studying for a test that's coming up, I try to start my work on that project either that day or the next day, even if it's just for a little bit. Maybe you work on it for like 10, 15 minutes and then put it aside. And then you wait another day or two, bring it back out, work on another 10, 15 minutes, review what you worked on before, and you do it again. So you're doing little chunks and reviewing your past work. If you're practicing a presentation, maybe you're memorizing a little bit at a time or studying words or concepts for a test, and you just build on it little by little. And when you do it in smaller increments like that, it makes it much more manageable. And... After a week or two, you're going to look back and realize, I'm already done with this project. I'm already ready for this presentation. Some of you might go the extra mile and just get it all done a few days after you're assigned the project. That's great too. But if you wait till a day or two before you have to have something done, it's going to come back to bite you, just like in the story. So Rocketeers, please don't procrastinate. Don't put off your work to the last minute. Start on it as soon as possible, do your best work, and be prepared. If your mom and dad tell you to clean your room, do it right away, and then you're done with it, and you don't have to worry. If you're assigned a little bit of homework, do it soon after you get home so you aren't scrambling to get it done before bed or before school the next morning. It's just one of many things that are going to set you rocketeers apart from the rest of the crowd. I believe in you guys. You are awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends and family about these stories. Rate and review us wherever you listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to tune in for more stories. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.